0: Hello and welcome to this week's podcast edition of Scripps 5 Must Know Things. This time for the Business Week ended 7th May 2021. This is Ian Haydock. This time, IP waivers for coronavirus vaccines, launch records for Pfizer's COVID vaccine, new potential delivery routes for booster vaccines, newcomers in the BCMA targeting field, and a snapshot of the current state of play in global pharma R&D. The US government's 5th May declaration of support for waiving intellectual property protections for COVID-19 vaccines at the World Trade Organization is a significant political defeat for pharmaceutical manufacturers, but it's just the first move in a complicated process that could still play out in industry's favour. There are several steps that still need to happen before a waiver is granted, and anyone could begin effectively using the IP to produce copies of COVID-19 vaccines. Industry will likely have opportunities to influence a process each step of the way. US Trade Representative Catherine Tai acknowledged that waiver negotiations would take time given the consensus-based nature of the institution and the complexity of the issues involved in her announcement of the Biden-Harris administration's support of the move. Sarah Carlin-Smith writes that the Tai statement might also allay industry fears that the decision is a slippery slope That could lead to further IP erosion as it highlighted both the extraordinary nature of the current circumstances and the measures being taken because of them. The administration believes strongly in intellectual property protections but in service of ending this pandemic supports the waiver of those protections for COVID-19 vaccines, Tai explained. Advocates of alleviating IP barriers to COVID-19 vaccines were optimistic that the decision would have trickle-down effects including pushing other holdout nations such as Japan, the UK, Norway, France, Canada and Germany to also agree to a waiver. This changes the balance of power, Peter Maybardak, who's director of Public Citizens' Access to Medicines programme, told the pink sheet. The Biden administration is joining the world in designing an actual public health response and being willing to tell the companies what is going to happen rather than just letting the companies establish all the parameters, he said. If there is international agreement to move forward on the waiver the next battle will be over how the waiver is actually constructed and how long that process takes. Pfizer launched the first COVID-19 vaccine BNT162B2 with partner BioNTech and has succeeded in supplying the largest portion of the global market and it is reaping the financial rewards. Reporting first quarter sales and earnings on 4th May that outperformed expectations overall Pfizer raised its revenue forecast for the vaccine to $26 billion in 2021, from a prior estimate of $15 billion. The raised forecast is likely still an underestimate, given the forecast accounts only for the 1.6 billion doses Pfizer has contracted through mid-April. The company said it believes it can manufacture 2.5 billion doses in 2021 and 3 billion doses in 2022. We also are in ongoing discussions with multiple countries around the world about their needs and we expect these discussions to lead to additional supply agreements, CEO Albert Bourla said on a same-day earnings call. Jessica Merrill reports that the company is already in discussions with countries for vaccine contracts in 2022 as well, suggesting a prolonged business opportunity. Pfizer and BioNTech have shipped approximately 430 million doses of the vaccine to 91 countries, Bourla reported but most of those doses have gone to the US and other wealthy nations. Pfizer books the majority of global sales of the vaccine, excluding Germany and Turkey, and shares profits equally with BioNTech. At $26 billion, COVID-19 vaccine revenues would account for more than 36% of Pfizer's total forecasted sales in 2021. The US firm raised its consolidated revenue forecast for the year to $70.5 billion to $72.5 billion. In the first quarter, Pfizer reported revenues from the vaccine of $3.5 billion, far outpacing any of its blockbuster brands. Pfizer's revised vaccine forecast outpaces the forecast set by Moderna for its vaccine in February. Moderna also successfully brought an mRNA-based vaccine to market and plans to update investors on its first quarter financial results on 6 May. The company may also raise its financial outlook. In February, Moderna forecast revenues of $18.4 billion in 2021 from the sale of its vaccine, despite the fact the company had never launched a commercial product before. While the majority of the world's population is still waiting for their first COVID-19 vaccine, many biopharma companies are looking ahead at how to make follow-up boosters more convenient. Pfizer-BioNTech and Moderna's mRNA-based vaccines have established themselves as the big breakthrough of the last 12 months, but an entirely different approach could also revolutionise the field. Intramuscular injections could be replaced by a pill or a spray, with several novel candidates now in early to mid-stage development, including oral candidates from Vaxart and Immunity Bio, and nasal COVID-19 vaccines from both Altimune and AstraZeneca's partners, Oxford University in the UK. Andrew McConaughey writes that the week saw interest in Vaxart's approach hit a new peak, the company's share price spiked up by 37% after it announced it would present new data on its candidate, VXACOV21, on 3rd May, comparing its T-cell responses with those of other vaccines, plus new antibody data. The success of many oral and nasal vaccines for diseases such as polio and flu, such as AstraZeneca Medimune's Flumist, has bolstered these companies' belief that COVID-19 could be targeted in a similar way. Vaxart and Altimune are looking to the likely booster market in developed nations, but also see the potential for their vaccines in the first line. A pill or spray stable at room temperature could be transformative in the fight against the pandemic, especially in developing countries where lack of health infrastructure needed for refrigerated vaccines remains a big challenge. In addition to convenience, oral and nasal vaccine candidates have other potential advantages in that they elicit immune response in a different way to subcutaneous or intramuscular vaccines. Delivering a vaccine via mucosal surfaces generates mucosal antibodies, or IgA, as well as a T-cell response, while systemic antibody response, or IgG, can be limited. A vaccine that could provide a mucosal immune response in the nose and mouth is likely to be preferable against an airborne respiratory virus like SARS-CoV-2, as it would provide a barrier at the infection site. Vaxart and Altimune have both made progress in the last 12 months for their respective oral and nasal drug delivery platforms, and they see applications for their products across a range of infectious diseases. With two BCMA targeting therapies now approved for multiple myeloma, GlaxoSmithKline's antibody drug conjugate Blenrep and Bluebird Bio BMS's CAR-T therapy Abecma, the question now becomes how their differences in efficacy, toxicity and logistics determine which will be the first option for patients. That will be especially pertinent as more anti-BCMA therapies become available in the coming years. In the first quarter of 2021, Blenrep had sales of £21 million, or $29 million, the London-based drug maker announced on 28 April. In the same day earnings call, GSK President for Global Pharmaceuticals, Luke Meals, said more than 1,200 treatment centres were set up and more than 1,000 patients enrolled in the Risk Evaluation and Mitigation Strategy programme for the drug in the US. Alaric Jarman writes that Blenrep received US FDA approval on 5th August 2020 as the first BCMA-targeted therapy for MM and is indicated for fifth-line treatment after a proteasome inhibitor, immunomodulating drug and the CD38-directed monoclonal antibody like J&J's Darzelex or Sanofi's Sarclesa. There have been high expectations for the drug and analyst consensus pegged 2026 sales at $1.5 billion at the time of the drug's FDA Advisory Committee meeting. Bristol's Abecma is still new to the market. It was approved on 27th March as the first chimeric antigen receptor T-cell therapy for the blood cancer, also as a fifth-line option. Some analysts have also been predicting blockbuster sales for this product. There are more BCMA therapeutics coming, including other CAR-T therapies, and J&J started a rolling submission in December for Ciltacaptigene cell another BCMA-targeted CAR-T that it developed with Legend Biotech. And Amgen's bispecific antibody, AMG701, is coming down pike. On its first quarter earnings call, BMS also noted that it was developing a T-cell engager and antibody drug conjugate targeting BCMA. Finally, Alex Shimings brings together key data from Pharma Project's 2021 Pharma R&D annual review in infographic form, providing a snapshot of the pharma industry in key performance indicators surrounding R&D based on data as of early 2021. The piece notes that the global R&D pipeline has tripled in the last 20 years and increased 4.8% even from the same time last year, helped in part by activity around COVID-19, for which just over 1,000 products are now in development. Novartis was a leading company by pipeline size, with 232 drugs in development, followed by another Swiss firm, Roche, with 227. Please do check out the piece for much more easy-to-digest data, analysis and trends. That's all for this week. Many thanks for listening. As always, don't forget to sign in to access all the digital content from our global team, And if you're a non-subscriber, please do consider signing up for a free trial to see what you're missing. Bye for now.